0: No matter what age you are, there's still healing. There, there can still be a different life. Uh, our start doesn't have to be our finish. And sometimes we just think the older we get, it's too late. Time has passed. My kids are grown, and you know what's the point? And the point is, is that we matter. We have value. And for a lot of us, that's really never been spoken into us.
1: Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk, and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it. Well welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host Moira Gorski and I'm so thrilled you are coming back to listen and um, I'm so thrilled that you're sharing. Uh, We've been getting some great feedback on the podcast and um, that really touches my heart because I just love to continue to share um, different people's stories, my story, um, as as we can juggle this chaos of life and recovery and um, find ways to really step into our best lives. And you know, a couple of—I think it was a few months ago. Um, you know, we're all still in this pandemic, COVID, weird time, and so we're on Zoom a lot. And I was on a networking um, Zoom with a group that I'm a part of, and I—I I heard someone introduce themselves, Denise. Who I'm not sure exactly what she said, but something about um, you know helping people with their childhood wounds and um, again live. Um, free of shame and things like that. And I was like, wow, I need to connect with Denise. And so I did. And um, I started to learn about Denise and her ministry of helping others called Renovating You. And as I've learned more about that and about Denise, I just knew that I wanted to have her on the podcast today. Now she does not work by herself. She works with um, a friend of hers, Beth, and uh, Beth's daughter. Um, So, Beth and Denise are joining us today. So, Denise uh, Recker and Beth Jacobus, thank you for joining me today from Indiana Um, on Zoom here. And um, again, with your ministry renovating you. Uh, So, welcome today as we get started. Thank
2: you. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was thrilled to be a guest on your podcast, so I'm certainly honored to have you here with me today. Um, again, I love the name, Renovating You. Uh, I feel like as I'm a woman of 57, I continue to to learn and renovate myself and renovate my life, and so I love that. So I'd love for you to sh- share just how um, how you came to start this ministry that you have and Um, kind of what your mission is and, you know, just tell us a little bit about how this this came about.
0: Well, thanks again for having us. We appreciate it. Uh, We both have colds, but we are pressing through here. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Right now, but hopefully it won't come across that way um, on the airwaves here. Uh, Actually, I came upon a ministry um, that I ended up being certified in called Life Skills International in 2011. And I came upon it uh, because At the time I had a 17 year old son who is now 26, um, who just seemed to be stuck in just not being able to move forward, very introverted and just trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, We had just talked with counselors and they're like, no, he's fine. I'm like, no, there's something that just isn't right. And so long story short, I found this program, went out to Colorado. We spent a week there on his spring break of his junior year of high school, uh, which was brave of him to even say, yes, I'm going (laughs) mom," At, you know, 17 year old boy. But I was only into it the first day and figured out, you know what, yes, um, my son needs some assistance, but you know what, I do too. And maybe I'm even the reason why he needs some assistance. So um, that was very, um, for me, and it was like, I need to, is there a program out here like this? At the time there was, because I said, if not, we're going to start it. So I did that for several years, went through the program myself twice. Um, it's a very long program and ended up being certified as what they call a facilitator where I would lead groups. And um, he passed away a few years ago. And so that ministry has kind of shifted a little bit. Not and your son, but. No, not my son. son. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, oh, so sorry. Yes. No, not my son. <laughs> the, uh, Dr. Paul Hegstrom was the founder of the ministry. And from that point, I was like, you know what? I knew the ministry inside of me was supposed to continue. Just didn't know what that would look like. I was impressed to to come to a church. I drove by it every day on the way to work. And I'm like, it was like, the Lord was like saying, this is where it needs to go. And I'm like, well, I don't know, it took me a whole year to actually say okay to that. And then came for about a year, uh, it's Livingstones Church in Crown Point, Indiana, came for about a year and just sat and didn't get involved in anything. And I'm like, let's just see if this is a place where this needs to be, where I feel comfortable versus just normally jumping into something like I normally do. I didn't and then uh, came upon Beth, and um, yeah, why don't you take it from there? No, i was just <laughs> <laughs> No, No, uh, yeah, our, our stories, you know, of course, are different,
2: which is the beauty of being in, uh, as a team, and of course, my daughter Bethany is not here today mm-hmm. uh, attending Young Children this morning, so my story, is, of course, is different. I uh, grew up in the church, and I think we shared some similarities when you were on our podcast, mm-hmm. so um, a pastor's kid, um, and while I didn't have the, the wounds from... The, the pastor and his wife, my, my dad and my mom, um, there was a lot of wounds from with, without, you know what I'm saying? They weren't from my family. I didn't feel like as I began doing my own healing, I realized that there was a lot of uh, judgments and things that uh, I kind of took part in my own process of, you know, judging people for the way that they respected or disrespected or, you know, because as a pastor's kid, you do see a lot of things. <laughs> Any pastors kids out there, but i am um, always been involved in ministry and leading women's ministry groups we have encounters that um, happen three times a year at that time now they're twice now of course COVID a little different but and so we began um, I I would always see I kept seeing a pattern Um, and again not just the pattern in women's lives because I'm a woman so naturally you know the mirrors in my face but I was seeing that people were coming up and having great breakthrough and having great healing Um, but the long-term care of that healing seemed to be not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that the church or there, or there, not, not, there's no fault there. It's just there wasn't anything that was sustaining it, and so I realized it was it was more than just let's go to a weekend and get healed. You know what I mean? Get help. That there needed to be some sustainability. And of course, I know you're in the health care, you know, industry mm-hmm. you know, broadly wellness. based. Yeah, wellness, more or less. And so you, I know you understand that. I know your listeners do as well. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where I have come from. And uh, I began to see in my own life, my thought pattern wasn't as healthy. <laughs> and the thoughts with which I thought about myself, well, I wouldn't express them. I realized they were playing out in my family and my marriage with my kids even. Um, so it began my kind of trajectory. Then I met Denise at church and mm-hmm. we went out for just a I call it a benign taco dinner or whatever, but it was like 40 hours later, I think they had to close us down. But, and we realized we shared the same mission and same passion for the healing of wounded souls. And so, uh, yeah, here we are.
0: And so, you know, thought about, you know, how do we, you know, what do we call it? You know, because it, um, I think a lot of us in life is think, especially the older you get, you really wish you could have a do over. You could start over in life because you're looking at life through hindsight. You know all the different choices maybe you've made that you would've made differently. We think anyway, but if we were put back in there, we probably would make the same choices because that's where our skill set was. That's where our thinking process was, and so we uh, came up with the name of renovating you because we do get to renovate. Just like we renovate a house, we get to renovate ourselves. Mm-hmm. No matter what age you are, there's still healing. There there can still be a different life. Uh, Our start doesn't have to be our finish. And sometimes we just think the older we get, it's too late. Time has passed. My kids are grown. And, you know, what's the point? And the point is, is that we matter. We have value. And for a lot of us, that's really never been spoken into us.
1: Right. Yeah, I love that because even when we think about a house, you know, sometimes people take it all the way down to the studs, right? And sometimes those are like in regards to healing and, you know, that may be a whole week-long, right, seminar in Colorado, or maybe you're just going to renovate the bathroom. And so it's just a counseling session or uh, listening to a podcast. I mean, I just love that, you know, kind of that visualization of it that, um, you know, we still have the shell of ourselves, right, the shell of our home and that foundation, That strong foundation, or whatever that foundation is, we still have that, but there's space to make some changes on the inside that doesn't change that again, foundation of us, but it can really help to renovate it and make it look better, appear better, just function better all of those wonderful things. And you know, I want to mention when you talked about your son going to Colorado, I mean, I did the same thing, you know, with a a similar type of program called Pathways for Better Living. Same thing, my son was struggling. Um, somebody introduced me to the program. I said, Oh, I think he could use that. And so they said, well, why don't you come with? Because then you'll be speaking the same language and as you go through the program, great. So same thing, within the, the first day, I realized that this was helpful for me. And at that point, my son was not ready for it. And so he actually went home from the program and it interestingly enough when he went home and i went back in the room it just was this epiphany like mm-hmm. oh i get it this is for me <laughs> this is for me um and i'm so thankful you know grateful for that because yes. you know again i learned that i was living in a place of being a martyr feeling like a victim and being villainized by everyone in my life and that type of thing. But I really needed to step in to be a leader of my own, you know, my own life.
0: I'll just speak into that a little bit, Moira, of, um, I was just thinking about this myself uh, because I came upon a picture that, in fact, I showed Beth a couple of days ago, a picture of Alex and myself, that's my son. When we went there, uh, we were on uh, Pikes Peak and there was a picture, we went to the Cave of the Winds and... He now, you know, helps, helps record our podcast. Um, he's involved in the Renovating You ministry and something I never even thought would happen. I just thought I want him to be get, you know, his healing of what he needs, but he's developed a passion for it. But one of the things I can say in that is I look back and, and I think a lot of women maybe can maybe can resonate mm-hmm. with this. I look back and I would love to say that I would have gone to Colorado for myself mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have. What pushed me was my son. And so something that we have talked about in life, and we've talked about in class, Mm -hmm, is that we, we put more value on everyone else than we do ourselves. You know, you would spend an amount of money, whatever it was to help your child. But for yourself, you would say, well, it's not that big a deal. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm okay without it, you know, things aren't that bad. And so I realized as I started, really even just a couple years ago, looking back and reflecting, because now it's been almost next, next year, it'll be 10 years that I was there and you're reflecting in things and like, it's like, you know what? I don't, I don't think I would have gone for me. I wouldn't have spent the money. I wouldn't have taken the time off of work. I just would have kept going because I really didn't value myself. I just thought, you know what? Well, this is as good as it gets. And it could be a lot worse. We go to that scenario. It could always mm-hmm. be worse. At least I don't have that or haven't experienced that. And that would have been a huge, huge disservice to me. But I valued other people more than I valued myself. And right. so, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know, Beth, how about you with that? Well, and
2: I was listening to the story and, you know, um, often, you know, if you ask somebody, they'll share something that's, you know, very hurtful. And, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, I was only abused a couple times or, you know, at least I had food on the table and they did put a roof on my head. And. And behind closed doors, there was a lot of emotional abuse or, or verbal or maybe just being ignored, maybe being a fourth child or a first child and you weren't the sex they wanted or the type of child. And so, you know, your parents had, you know, considered you like a chair, you know. Um, and so when sometimes when women, are, you know, tell their story, and they're like, but you know what, I, I, I had this and, and they did give me this and they did provide this and they're not quick to say, I didn't have this. And, mm-hmm. you know, the question that, you know, I love to ask is, well, you know, you have a daughter, right? Yeah, I do. Or a son. Okay. You know, if they came to you with some hurts and, and said, you know, I, I have felt this way or that way, or this happened at school, would you dismiss those hurts? Or if they, if they had been, you know, maybe um, sexually assaulted or or verbally at school, would you say, you know what, it's not that bad? You know, there was a boy in the other school that this happened to. Of course not. Most parents would would jump in to, to rescue. But yet often in our own selves, we say, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And and you mentioned about being, you know, vilified and such. And I think a lot of that starts in the beginning, you know, it's, it's just, as we grow up, it's just kind of me and maybe something's wrong with me. You know, we don't get back to that foundational Mm roots. And um, I love that both of you guys were kind of tricked by the Lord a little bit (laughs) and for someone else. Yeah. And when you got there, you realized, oh hey, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess there might be some things here. So, you know, yeah. and that's all of us. That's I really us. am so
0: grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have, you know, you also have a part that if our story has been that, and we're not used to looking at things, and our child comes to us many times, we will we won't have the reaction that Beth is talking about. It depends. The kind it kind of pendulum yeah. swings. It the pendulum swings to where, let's just say this, because, you know, we go, we go deep and you know from being on our podcast. Mm, right. <laughs> like, oh, you guys have some deep questions. I'm like, the pain is deep, sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you think about it this way, if, if you know, we'll, we'll go to, you know, especially for a woman, like if a, if a woman was sexually molested in her childhood and their daughter comes to them and says that many times it will be dismissed, it will be downplayed, It'll, questions will be asked, you know, well, how many times did it happen? Like that matters. You know, one is too many. One can set me in a, on a life and on a, even on a lifestyle opening up all types of things as a young girl. But, but because we can't enter into their pain, because that means that I got to enter into my yeah, pain. Right? And so there's also that part sometimes where we don't know what to do with it. It's just like put in front of us and now I don't know how to handle it because then I got to open up all my pain. Right. Right. So then, so then our kids can get wounded that way too. I don't want to look that maybe I'm, this is going to cause me to look in, into my life too. And so uh, sometimes we just dismiss, which then, or play downplay, which then causes even more issues within yeah. our kids. So
2: And then it's passed on as well. And that's, passed on. I think, yeah. or a lot of women will stop in their tracks because, you know, wherever we land on the, I don't want to look at it <laughs> or the, where you ladies were, oh, I better I better look at it. And myself mm-hmm. too. I just said, you guys shared your stories very similar in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at, at the end of the day, we come to, if I don't get off this crazy train, I mean, I mean, we have to get hungry. I mean, the desperate do get healed and helped. When you say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm sticking in here and maybe your son left more, but there was a part of you that said, hey, I, I, I need this. He's not ready, right? That's correct. But mm-hmm. you were. And so that door was open. But I think to say you know what? I I look at my kids or grandkids and go, do I want to repeat the cycle? Because if we, if we don't address it, if it's not uncovered in the lights, right? If it's hidden in the darkness, guess what? Here's the baton, the next generation, it's yours. And we don't say that, but through our words and through our actions and our behaviors, we have just handed the proverbial baton to the next generation. It may play out differently based on temperaments and personalities, but that pattern of behaving and, Mm -hmm. and doing or not doing continues. uh, Right. There's
1: no doubt. And, you know, what one big um, realization that I had in that, that course was that I don't ask for help. And, you know, because, and I believe I shared this on your podcast is just that idea that, you know, when you ask for help, it's like a chaos, you know, and it's, um, I'm, I'm not capable and so I, I'm just desperate and I have to reach out for help. And now granted, there are times that you feel that way and that, that it's like that, but I've learned that help is like support. And so asking for just, you know, case in point, my girlfriend called me yesterday and said, and she works with me in the business, but she said, this is not a business call. I just need to talk to you. I'm like, I'm not feeling right. And we talked for an hour and that's support. She reached out for help, but that wasn't like, oh, I'm you know, jumping off the cliff. I just need a little bit of help and it's okay, right? But I just felt like, man, I was raised by a very wonderful stoic woman who just did so much for us. And she showed us that how to be strong, yet she also didn't show us, she, she didn't um, open up and yeah. show us that, you know, because when you ask for help, you have to be, it causes you to be vulnerable and perhaps show a little bit of yourself that you don't want to show. And, um, and my mom didn't really, again, model that to me. And so that's what I just continued to do. But I realized that I needed, that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for support. And it's what we should be doing. And in addition to that, as you talked about um, looking at your stuff, I mean, that's, that's hard work, Right. When you open things up and you start to look at your wounds, that's really hard work. And I speak from experience and continue to work on that. It's hard work and it's really scary. And I think so many women, they just don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. And yet, if our children can help us look at that and go there, then um, then that's a blessing. Right. For us as well as for them.
0: I think a lot of times, too, you know, what you were just saying, Moira, is that, you know, many times our, we kind of look at it like, like a backpack that we wear every day that's got boulders in it from our past, boulders in it. And we have learned to survive carrying the boulders on our back. But we weren't meant to just survive in this life. We're meant to thrive. And how many people could run a race of life with 30, 40, 50 pounds of boulders on their back and be able to do all they're meant to do, all they're called to, do, all they were born to do, it's not possible. So one of the things that we talk about, you know, in the classes and the ministry that we do is that it is a choice. It is a choice because now we're adults. We're not kids that were taken down a path that we, we had no say in. People took us, as we call it, the crazy train. Wherever our parents took us, we had to go. You know, here's your ticket, get on. You know what I mean? That's kind of how it was, whether it's moving multiple times, multiple marriages, um, homeless, not homeless, you know, changing jobs, we're moving, over, you know, whatever it is, we take our kids with us. And when you are, um, when you're looking at this, is that how we think inside, it all starts with our thoughts. And our thoughts are our perception of what our reality is because of our story. So we had events in our life that we believe the event is what changed everything. What changed everything is our view of the event yeah. and what we took. And now what is our story? What are we repeating to ourselves? What are we living out as a result of it? So even if we, even if we know that we still have a choice, but I think one of the things that we, what we we begin to get through to people when we spend some time with them is that Whether or not you choose to address it, it's still there. You're still operating out of it. It's just you don't even know that there's a different life because you've made peace with it. So when you make peace with something that has happened to you, or this is just how my family is, this is how my marriage is, this is how my relationship with my kids are, even as adults, you know, that's just how we do it. I mean, that's just our family. That's just how it's always been. We don't talk about those things. Until we can give ourselves permission to start asking the questions, we're going to be stuck. We're just going to be stuck, you know, with a wound that maybe had happened 50 years ago that still feels as fresh as it was yesterday. Because when someone pushes on it, all these feelings come up. And, and we react to, we call it being triggered. And we're like, it's usually over the top. And it's like, why am I reacting this way? it didn't warrant what someone just said or just someone did, because it's all the years of stuffing it in your backpack. Protecting. Yeah. Protecting yourself, you know, so whether or not someone chooses to deal with it, it's a misnomer to think that if I don't deal with it, it's not, it's not affecting me. It is. It's so affecting you.
2: Yeah. I was just, It's the law of gravity. I can say, oh, no way. If I jump off that, I'm going to land and, you know, (laughs) or I'm going to be able to fly. It's like, okay, we'll go try it, you know. But sometimes we do become very numb to it and we've learned to insulate, you know, if something was done, which I'm sure all of us in our childhood had had things whether they were spoken to us or behind our backs that it came to us that wounded the very part of us or, you know, you'll never be or you can't do or our family doesn't, those types of things, you know, those are pretty strong, you know, words mm-hmm. to speak to a child, even if it's not like a big T trauma, like where you've been, you know, left, you know, on your own or, mm-hmm. or abandoned. But I think then, you know, we don't address those things. It's not big, you know, it's just not that big of a deal, right? Like you, you were raised by a very stoic mom. And, you know, again, mom probably did, you know, if you were to peel back that onion, mom did the best she could. And and I know you've, you've, you've peeled back that onion, you know, and mom was just responding how she knew how and how she knew how to lead and to guide her family for whatever situation you guys were going through. And so I think, you know, as women, we see things happening and we sometimes we don't know, right? Like, I mean, if you don't know a better way, you don't know a better way. And then as the Holy spirit begins to maybe open things up or something is said in, in, and like Denise said, it triggers. You know, I had a, a beautiful young woman said "What one time, one time her husband, uh, she said she let him take the bill. She was working full time. And he said, oh, I'll, I'll take care of it. I mean, that's what the man kind of does in life. And um, she said they had been gone. And it wasn't electronically set up. And they had they had got a notice. She said, Beth, I hit the fan. I freaked out. She's like, I've been married 13 years never been laid on anything. He's the most responsible man. And then she's just looking at me. She said, I don't know. It must've just been an off day for me. I said, hold on here. <laughs> hold on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's something here. And over, you know, hour and a half of coffee, we realized this had been a pattern in her life. She'd come from a single mom and, and there had been two marriages. Both of the men came and took what they could from mom but drained finances. And she said, I can't tell you how many times we, we we made do. And mom tried to make an event around not having electricity, being cold because she was from the Midwest. And so those are things that sometimes women and probably men would say, it was just an isolated event. I'm usually sweet to my husband. Correct. But to warrant that response of what are you doing? How could you be so irresponsible? And of course, it brought a schism in their marriage because he's like, what is going on? And then she said, well, you know, I just had a hard day. So how many times do we just have right, a hard day? Exactly. We have there are things, but I, I said to her, you're a brave young woman to say, hold on, let's pull the curtain back here because I really went nuts over just, just a notice from, you know, we use NIPSCO that said, you know, you're late but see that brought back all the memories of being abandoned, not being loved, not being cared for, not being heard. And <clears throat> the,
0: that, what, ifs, the oh, what ifs, what's going to happen? Yeah, What does this mean? It just, it just takes you there.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. And that's like you said, that's one incident, but like how many times does that, I'm just, again, thinking, you know, I mean, how many times do those kind of things happen? And you just, like you said, you brush it off and then it happens again and it happens again. And before you know it, this spouse is telling the other spouse, man, you are just always a nag or you're always pissed off or you're always this. And it's like, no, I'm not. I mean, you know, and it's, but you know, you have got, it takes the courage to stop and and take a look at that. Like you said, and pull it back. Yeah. And you know, this is a podcast where people um, are dealing with addictions. They've overcome addictions. And you mentioned the word numb. You know, I just, I believe that I, you know, everything that you're saying is so true and when people deal with this, sometimes, or when they realize it, they just can't deal with it. And so they numb themselves out, right? With some type of, that's something that becomes an addiction. It may start out slow. I'm just going to have a drink tonight. I'm just going to, you know, take this pill tonight. I'm just going to not eat tonight or whatever the case is. And before you know it, it leads to, oh, that felt a little better because I can numb that pain. I can numb that pain. And again, that's why I love to share with my listeners, people like you who encourage people to Again peel it back, and yes those wounds are tough and it's tough to look at and when you don't have something that perhaps you've gotten used to that can numb yourself out of it even if it's over exercising or whatever the case is when you don't have that crutch to hang on to boy it's really scary but you know it's but it's a again a place where we can have people like you or myself guide them along, right. And say, it's going to be okay. Come, we'll sit next to you and we'll go through this with you and help you so that it's not so scary. Yes.
0: Right? Yeah. And one of the, one of the things too, is that when you're, when you're going, when you're going through this to realize, and um, I think especially sometimes um, cause you know, we're, you know, we're faith based. I think sometimes we, um, we're, we're taught, fix your behaviors, fix them, get rid of this issue, get rid of this problem, where we come at it from a different place. Everybody knows it's not a good thing. What the, whatever they're doing, whatever they're choosing to numb out, no one says, oh yeah, I'm, this is a great thing. They know it's not, right? We don't need to talk about that anymore. <laughs> what we need to talk about is is what we believe is, I already know all that. When people tell me that, I said, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to shock me. That's going to, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Like, oh my gosh. It's like, I want to know what causes you to do this. What inside of you causes you to do this? Because we don't heal from the outside in. We don't change our behaviors and then heal. When we begin healing and we're addressing what's really down way underneath all the shame, all the rejection, I'm not enough. I'm a bad person. I'm unlovable. So much rejection, so much shame. When that begins to be welcomed into a group or into a class, it's it's freeing because it's like, oh, I thought I was the only one. For starters, people really walk through life thinking I'm the only one that struggles with this because we've gotten we've become professional actors in America, especially. Oh, yes, <laughs> whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media platform, our workplace people would sometimes think, is this the same person that's at home? You know, we have learned to cover it up. We call it a pseudo self, right? I've got to become something that I'm not. But when push comes to shove who I really am comes forth Always will. and it always will because it's, that's our foundation. That's what's really there. Mm-hmm. So when you're able to begin to say, this is not who I am, it's something that I'm doing, mm-hmm. Um, We have somebody that I follow a a lot um, is Joyce Meyer and she's like learning to separate your who from your do your behaviors are not who you are but we think they define us and that is who we are and it's not who we are it's our way of saying this is how I began to survive and cope. What we believe and what we believe that God wants as well is like, we don't want you carrying this around your entire life. We don't want you to cope. We want you to thrive. And in order to thrive, we've got to start unloading that backpack Mm -hmm. and then saying what should have been there all along that I've been carrying for 30 years. It wasn't even mine to carry. You know, most of the time, you know, when, when as a kid, the five wounds rejection, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, and then um, incest, which is sexual abuse within the family or somebody that you know, when those wounds happen to you, it alters your brain chemistry. We have a hard time moving in life. It has been such a a divot that has happened in the brain. People don't realize that. It isn't just willing yourself to do this. If we could will ourselves to do it, we wouldn't be having this podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. There would be no need for it if it was yeah. just just try harder.
2: Yeah, and it's just for business too. You would yes. have no need no. to help people in wellness because we have we have willpower, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, right. It's and, and it is true. I was laughing the other day. I mean, let's rather than me talking some hyperbole, I'll just go there. Like the other day I was I, I hadn't been on social media, I didn't wake up, I had some work to do. So you just could take a, a little lunch break, right? Little ten minute well 30 minutes. And uh, I was like, Oh, I got some messages here. Well, you know, next thing I know, you know, you'll finding unicorns or something. I don't know what I was doing, but I, I was puppy, there.
1: puppy videos, you know,
2: Eagle. I go for the Eagle videos and I'm, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, what are you doing again? Being on social media, isn't wrong. Taking time to enjoy things or talk to Fred, not wrong. But I, I sat there. I, I literally laughed I had the Christmas music on because, you know, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. So the candle, the Christmas music, the beagle puppies, all I needed was my comfy sweater, which is over there. And I'm just like, what are you doing? I I laughed. I did. There was no judgment in it before. It would have been like, oh, come on. You got, you got to get, get going. Let's go. Let's go. Next thing. Next thing. And, And I sat there and I just stared at the candle. I'm like, I don't, I have a couple decisions I need to make. I don't feel like making them. I just want to numb out, mm-hmm. you know, and I caught myself giving myself permission. But the reality was I had to strip it back a little bit. What am I running from? Well, I had to make a decision that would have made a few people uncomfortable. Well, as a nine on the Enneagram, I know you're familiar with it. And if your mm-hmm. listeners are not, we, we love peace at all costs. Like peace is my, I lay that Trump card down if I'm playing cards and it's like, that's it. I won because my peace is here. But that can, that can, like anything, excessively that's not good because sometimes conflict and that's going to happen in a relationship. And then it pulled me back. And, you know, and again, that brings back layers of childhood, whether, you know, you want to keep things under wrap or whatever, because there's a lot of bigger problems in the world than yours, Beth, you know? So you, once you start recognizing those things that are hard to recognize, and I could justify, more, I could justify my reasons for watching those Beagle Puppies, but at the end of the day, what what am I avoiding, and, and that could be for some of us numbing out for others of us it 's not one oreo cookie it 's the flipping sleeve and it 's the pint of ice cream and i 'm not minimizing some of us you know it could be uh, shopping addiction or like you said medicating, but in some way we 're trying to as you know, soothe that pain.
0: Signing up for extra shifts. Anything.
2: Work. Workaho- yeah, well, you know, it All is. But Denise, things. it is Christmas and my right. family needs yeah. it. And-
0: extra money. That's what I'm going yes. there for, for gifts. Yes. It's like, no, you don't want to be home. Yep. That's why you're yeah. not.
2: Yeah. I right. know right. are right. hard, things
1: to, to, to hard things to look at. And sometimes we just never, again, we don't realize that. And we just don't want to, we don't want to look at that. I mean, and that's what we, I mean, that's what you talk about, like with childhood, like with childhood wounds, right? Because people are like, what is a childhood wound? Like not, it's not necessarily a physical wound, although there could be, you know, but it's really that emotional wound that happened in the past. And, you know, I'll talk about this. I mean, Denise and I talked about this, um, one of our last conversations when I was um, just feeling just something in you know, again, my mother's still alive and she was over and interacting with me and the way that she, and she was talking with me, she said something in the back while I was speaking with my daughter. And she said, you know, I don't like the tone you're taking with her. And I was like, stay out of it, you know? And I was just, I was so aggravated and it brought up in me, there she goes again, judging me the way that I'm acting. And Denise, you helped me kind of look at that and say, well, what about like, was your mother there for you when you were younger or was this, and I said, you know, that's so many times I've heard that, that heard that type of reaction, if you will, or that I see it as a, feel it as a judgment, mm-hmm. but really all I wanted, all I want for my mother now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and from the, in the past was for her to see me
2: yes, that's and to
1: just say, you know what, it's gotta be... I, it's got to be tough what you're dealing with Moira, or it's got to be, or whatever. I just wanted to be seen. And Denise, you helped me, you know, identify that that was like a wound that I have there. And when my husband doesn't see me for whatever I'm going through, it brings that up and I'm triggered there. And it's like, that's a, you know, that just really helped me kind of, you know, again, I wanted to share that so that other people listeners could hear that and say, that's what a childhood wound is, that something happened today. And it's with my mother, and it, many times in the past with my mother, but then it's also translated to my husband or not being seen in with my friends or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. right? You know, yep. things are, there's the wounds from the past
2: there. In a lot of them, we talk about like small T traumas, which is what you had. And the big T traumas, which are the, the overt, you know, perhaps there was sexual abuse, but in those five uh, types of uh, uh, abuses, Denise was talking about the, the number one. Mm-hmm. You would think it would be incest or sexual. Oh, that would be the worst. But it's rejection. Because rejection goes to the core of who Moira is, who Beth is, who Denise is. I can't help that I have fair skin and green eyes, you know, like that's, I was raised German or, you know, I'm a German, like I can't change my DNA. And so when somebody rejects you, especially a mother, just for being you, think of where that goes to the Mm -hmm. core. I mean, if there was sexual, and again, sexual molestation, horrible, but you know, healing can come through you know, through a different way. That was something done to you because of someone's sick sickness, right? But this is done to you. You've been rejected for your personhood. And that, that goes to a very deep. And so a lot of people, if if there's been rejection in the home or not being seen, then, oh, girlfriend, you'll see me show up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen women that just swing from this little meek little mouse to boom, watch me roar. I'll do it all. Well, Obviously, both of those are are not healthy, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's this pseudo personality that comes in. I was never seen as a child, but watch me do everything. Or I was never seen as a child, and I guess that's who I am. I just need to play back. So again, doesn't mean we we all well. If we're not seen, we look like this. Mm-hmm. There, you know, we all come upon our voice <laughs> a different way. Some just say, well, I guess that's the way life is, and I guess that's just what we do as women. Others say, oh no, no, no. I'm going to swing far this way or left or right, wherever your pendulum is, and then go after, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Make my voice. And it becomes very caustic. And, you know, like you come in the room and you shoot everybody down because you've been silenced for 18 years. And so right. that's. Well,
1: yeah. And I, and again, if people have listened to the podcast, you know, my story is again, I felt, you know, this happened many times growing up and I was the third child of, um, you know, with my parents and, and all that was good, but I felt like I wasn't seen a lot. And I felt, and I, again, was very um, uh, raised in a very conservative home. And we just did what our parents said and followed along. And as I went to college, I just felt kind of out of control. And again, wasn't sure uh, with some of the pressures that were happening. And I, when I think about it now, like not seeing for being seen for what, like what I wanted, but I wasn't even sure what I wanted or how to make those choices. So that led to my eating disorder. And, and then as I started to heal from there and into my early 20s. And I was in nursing and then I was in sales. I remember being like, you know, like a red personality, like a driver. And, you know, that's as much as I, that's part of me, like I'm pretty determined and driven. I kind of did, when you said pendulum, I was like, oh, I kind of swung to that Mm -hmm. place in my 20s because I was trying to like figure myself out and like, hey, I'm coming here and I'm confident now, right? And then then I've kind of and swung back and settling into a more authentic
2: yes, place, that's right.
1: but um, it just makes so much. I hope it makes sense to listeners. It certainly is making more sense, you yeah. know, the more that I, the work I do and talk about it.
0: Because what happens is, is it, as Beth was saying, we either pull back and we stay in victimhood. Um, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that um, we're not victims. Some of us have been victimized, But the moment you say, I'm a victim, victims don't have choices. They don't have any power, they're helpless. And so many of us have identified with that because this happened early on in life or because I'm in a marriage just like this, I'm a victim. No, you've been victimized, but you have a choice as to what you do with that. So either we just stay in being a victim or we pendulum swing to being very performance driven. I will prove my worth. You say I can walk not going to amount to anything early on in life. Mm -hmm. Just watch me. And, but what happens is, is that the more we're performing, the more empty we're feeling because we're expending all this energy, really promoting the same feelings on my own. I'm not enough. That's shame. I'm not enough. I don't matter. I don't measure up. I don't have what it takes. Versus saying, or I'm bad versus saying, I've done some bad things. I've made some poor choices. But whenever we say I'm this, yeah. we are actually embodying that our brain hears, it. our body takes that in. And that's what really, what we're saying is I am this. It's like, no, this happened to me or I did that, but that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's when you have to start asking those questions and being curious about that because the curiosity gives you the freedom to say, maybe that's not who Mm -hmm. I thought I've been all these years. Maybe it's not, maybe I don't know how to relate to my daughter son in a gentle way in a um, affirming way, because that was never taught to me. So as much as I say, I'm not going to repeat who I was, Mm or what the parenting that happened to me, if you don't develop different skills, you will. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's so true. And, um, and I know, Beth, you mentioned, you know, just my wellness business, I think about that. And again, there's no shame in that. But sometimes and I did a podcast interview with a good friend of mine, uh, last week, who was a bulimic and started to fill her emptiness with food and fill it and fill it and then purge. And, you know, just all of that, that comes with that type of eating disorder, which led her to finally discovering later on in her life, thankfully, um, again, how just the power of being still, you know, was able to start to heal her, but there still was that emptiness. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait till I, you know, post that podcast, but she, she realized that that emptiness could only be filled by the love of God. Absolutely. And it just, you know, it just, and she said, I spend time with God every single day because that, that emptiness is not gone, right? Or it Mm -hmm. did, wasn't going away, but she, she knew she needed to fill some, fill it with something that was healing and affirming. And um, again, even people that are, don't have an eating disorder, if you will, or they're struggling with their health, again, they're just making bad choices. And, but again, a lot of times I've heard that. Well, I just, I overeat because I feel, you know, I feel like I got, you know, there's some emptiness there and I'm trying to fill it or we, I don't eat it enough. And, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. and the perhaps- best your listeners could do more, more if they're going through their day. And like I said, may, maybe it is numbing on social media. And now that maybe they've heard this, they're like, oh, or they've heard your testimony. has been like, so it's, you know, in your mind and you catch yourself doing a habit, a behavior, or if it's, you know, the bulimia. At that moment, and it's painful, but to say, what am I feeling? Right? I mean, sometimes there may need to be someone with you if you're going to start, you know, emoting some of those deep places, but what's, you know, just to stop for a minute. And you said the word still, you know, I mean, that. To most Americans, they got nervous if they were driving in the car. Listeners, said, like, did she just say still? Like, don't you know? <laughs> that's I don't right. Put it on a mission, I think Things be still. happen in stillness. <laughs> stillness. See, that's where people get a little nervous because in stillness, you know, if, if if you know, you mentioned your faith walk. You know, when we take the Lord with us in this, you know, and He's leading. Um, I hear from the Lord when I go outside or when I'm by myself. God is very near and dear. It's not just when I'm going to have Bible study this morning. Most of the time, I'm like, God, you're, you're here, right? I know you're here because your word says. But when I'm driving in the car, just Beth, mm-hmm. man, sometimes I have to get up my phone and start recording things, you know, you're just talking into it because there's so much coming. But you have to get that stuff out first mm-hmm. and then that well that you can pour into with the truth. So yes, I'm eating or not eating because of this and this, but what's the truth about my day? What's the lie that I believe that has run 90% of my life, which is... I'm not seen. I'm not heard. And I'm not valued. I'm not enough. So I know from scripture, I know from other friends and family that love me that that is so false. What is the truth about my identity? Let's, as Denise said, start taking those bricks off. Well, you know what? Mm -hmm. I am valued and loved because we're in a good relationship and I do have friends that love me and my son has gone through some great healing and I have people around me. But if we don't take the stillness to look at our backpack, and reach out to a friend as your friend did and say more this is not business this is girlfriend to girlfriend but that takes vulnerability and right. that can be scary right if you're not used to being seen and, and heard Ooh, why do I want to be vulnerable because I could be rejected right to be rejected it goes back to that childhood so, right yeah, yeah and that
1: again I think um, you know as we kind of uh, come to a you know close here we talk about the you know the lie that becomes the lie that becomes the law, right? Mm. Um, those are the childhood wounds. And, you know, I like the fact that we talked about, like, why do we look in the past? Because so many people have said, I'm just not gonna, I'm just going forward. I'm not gonna look in the past. But you've been able to really show us that it's important to go there. Yeah, and it's hard work. And it it, it isn't one day, one weekend. It's just a continual thing. Um, it's important to look there because again, we can then, do some renovating and things like that so that we again can thrive in our life. I mean, as listeners are listening to this, like what are, I mean, are there like, I don't know, just a couple things, like some, somebody's like, okay, I'm ready to do this. Now, maybe they'll, again, we'll leave your information in the show notes and they can reach out to you, but like, what's a couple of things that somebody could do today. If they just want to kind of start taking a look at things and, and free themselves from some of their, their pain, what are some things that they could do today?
0: I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is that we will not heal by ourselves. Because all we have is our story. We don't have any new life. We don't have any truth being spoken to us. We don't we don't have anyone saying, Well, that's not true. That's not who you are. You're awesome. You know, I've seen you in this. Are you kidding? You really believe that? You know, if we don't if we don't have people who are on their healing journey, they're saying, you know what, I'm looking at mine too. Let's do this together. We don't have to pretend with each other. Finding a community is huge. That community can be one person. Um, that community could actually be part of a community. I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna be starting a community, an online community where people who are wanna be on their healing journey can come. We can talk. We're gonna share. There's you're not this, you're I always say you're not this freak we don't talk about ourselves because we feel like we are a freak. If people knew yada, yada, yada. And what people don't understand is, is that everybody says, if people knew yada, 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 it just is a different, but it's the same thing. I don't measure up. I'm not enough. So I think one of the big things um, is really saying, I need a person, a person that I can really just be myself with. And I'm not going to have judgment or shame brought on me or rejection but it really is a safe person. And whoever you pick, I just wanna put that out, we talked about in class the other night, it's so important who you pick because if you're really on your journey, wanting to say, I really wanna start looking at this. And you pick someone, could be a spouse, could be you know your mom or whatever, well, mom should be able to, my spouse should be a safe. They may not be a safe place emotionally for you. It's so important to pick someone who is a safe person. That's not going to take what you've told them and turn it and twist it on you and use it in next conversations that you have or, or make themselves feel better about themselves because they can use your story and make themselves feel better. Well, at least I don't do that. Or, you know, I'm going start this whole, where am I in all this? So that's, that's the first thing I would, I would say.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. With everything Denise said this last um, class, we were talking about mm-hmm. the components of healing, which are um, grace, you know, you you have people that, you know, have are, are, have grace for you. You know what I'm saying? They don't say, well, I can't, be- how long have you been dealing with this? My word. I mean, are, do you live in a box? Like, you, you know, this? Yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. will tell you, are, are they a safe person or not? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you would know by their fruit if they're a safe person, but they can, you know, they can speak love to you. You know, I know Denise talked about the steps, but I think when you're talking about who, who what would that look like? Because if you're a loner and if you were raised, like you said, by a very stoic woman that that got the job done, most certainly she got the food on the table. How do you then begin to be vulnerable, you know, and so there has to be the grace and there has to be truth, somebody that can speak the truth, but in love, yes, you know, that they could deliver the goods that you need, but in such a way that you're like, wow, I don't feel condemned. I don't feel shamed. I feel very seen right here. And just so your listeners know, it takes time, You know, like you said, one counseling session, one appointment with you, one appointment with whomever, you don't go, I'm better, you know? I mean, if you know, or if if our listeners have been through any sort of AA or any type of addiction thing, you know, they say like 90 90 meetings in 90 days. What? But you understand the thought behind that, it takes time. And then there's a continuation of that, whether it's that group or Celebrate Recovery, where you're not just done, you're, you're, he- I mean, you're in different parts of your healing. So just so your, you know, your listeners know, because sometimes shame wants to enter in and go, well, you know, you met with Moira, you met with Beth and Denise and Bethany, and I'm still there, sister, you know, but you know, you're up, you're up one on the run, there's still growth to go, but don't go well, you know, nothing happened. Yes, things happen. Our, like Denise talked about, our brains are beginning to change. The wiring is, is looking different. But we don't always see that right away, just like a house is being renovated. You know, it's like, when it's done, it's beautiful. But some of those in- interior jobs, we don't see them, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. right. And
1: having somebody that you can, again, trust that has gone before and that continues to, like one of my coaches said one time, I'm just here, like with, the. Uh, with a hatchet, you know, breaking things down in front of me. And I'm just a little farther ahead than you, but that's- I'm putting my arm, my hand back to say, come with me, come on, come with me. I'm just a little farther along and I'm just, I'm, I keep doing the work myself. Right. And, and, um and so we're going to be in this, you know, together. I think that's really, really great advice and really um, wonderful. And I wanted to bring in, yeah, the 12 step programs too. You can get a sponsor and somebody that's been there before um, and continues to encourage you and challenge you and, and things like that. That's super, just again, because this is, this is tough work, right? Yeah. And you need somebody to, to help you.
0: We have a couple of resources too that were very instrumental in our healing and just opening up things. Uh, there are two books, um, one is called Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud, um, because we were-, we I, have
1: were that, I have that yeah. book.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if
1: you told me about it or someone else, but I do that have that. Was, oh,
0: that was my one of my first books that I read that I thought, oh, you know what? It, it can be different. I just thought this was just the cards I got dealt, and this is just live it out your hand the best you can you know, versus saying, no, I can have a whole new hand. I never even knew it. So Changes at heal by Dr. Henry Cloud. And then there's a um, newer author, in fact, it's her first book that was released this year, I believe, but it's called Try Softer um, by Andi Kolber, and that's A-U-N-D-I-K-O-L-B-E-R. Both Dr. Henry Cloud and um, Andi Kolber have very popular uh, Instagram accounts and he even does some online counseling. You can that's hear fine. him counsel someone else online. On his Instagram, he goes live. And so just some ways where you can say, you know, I'm not necessarily ready to go talk to somebody, but I can read about this and I can get something. Maybe I can go listen to an Instagram or follow on Instagram or listen to a, um, a live counseling session with someone where I don't have to be the one that's actually sitting there, I'm not ready for that yet but you can hear how other people are entering into it and that you're not alone. I think that's the most important thing. I think if we could leave Mm -hmm. one thing is that you're not alone Mm -hmm. in this world and you matter. You've mattered at your worst state and you'll matter at your best state, but it won't be any different in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. He loves you right where you are. He's not a performance God. He's a God who nurtures and loves and cares and forgives and draws you near. So if you're hearing condemning thoughts, that's not coming from God. That's coming from just the opposite. That's the enemy who's the accuser. God draws you, draws you to him. There's a safety in him. And um, that is so important, even in your moments when you wake up at night of saying, you know, I feel so alone. I can't call anybody. You can call on him because he's sitting right next to you. He's there. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that's just beautiful. I mean, that's where I'm going to end it because uh, it's just, it's lovely. And again, a big reason why I started this podcast. And I know that your podcast is helping others too. Just knowing that you're not alone in this journey. Again, we don't always feel great about our life, but I love what you said. I mean, we are enough. It is okay. We have a savior that um, never does leave us. I uh, encourage, again, you listeners, you know, to reach out to any of us who you feel like could help us. But even maybe it just starts by listening to a podcast or reading a book. Um, I have gotten so much by walking the dogs and sticking my earphones in and listening to a podcast or, or reading a book in my backyard. There's so much to be learned. And again, we're all here to say, it's okay and you will be okay. And we're here to help and don't be afraid to reach out. I'm so, so grateful for this time that we spent together today, ladies. It's just, it's filled me as all my podcasts do. And I know that the listeners um, have, it has filled them too. So thank you for spending the time with me, Beth and Denise from renovating you again, look in the show notes so that you can find a way to connect with these wonderful ladies. And um, again, thanks for coming back and listening. Make sure that you take care of you, ask for some help so that you can live and thrive in your life take care thanks for listening and if you like what you hear please leave me a five-star review share this podcast with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button come on over to facebook too we have a great juggling the chaos of recovery podcast tribe group and we'd love to welcome you there now do you have a story to share or know someone that does Please connect with me. You'll find the link in the show notes, and I'd love to hear from you, hear your story, and feature you on one of the upcoming podcast episodes. And perhaps you are ready to find your way back to you. You'd like to reclaim your health and your life. Send me an email, connect with me, simply moira at gorskiwellness.com, or jump over to Instagram and connect with me there as Green Gorski, or you can also find me on Facebook. I'll connect with you and just show you some simple steps and show you a way to reclaim your life and your health today. Thanks for listening. Until next time.